Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy, and I'm joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It's the highlight of my week. I get to talk to you. It's been a while. It's been a little minute since we've it has. gotten together to shoot the shit about all things unimportant. Yes. Uh, what's uh, what's going on with you, sir? Just, you know, life. Get, getting, you know, a life of a 40-something-year-old guy with three with three kids aging parents. I'm dealing with aging parents. I'm dealing with two high school boys. I'm dealing with a, um, a third grader. I'm dealing with an ongoing pandemic. I'm dealing with having to buy another car in the, in the day and age where fucking interest rates are through the roof, all, all sorts of stuff. So, mm. Yeah. You know? sounds, like, sounds like you're a grown up. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. I was watching a video the other day of, and it was one of these, like, I don't know, it was on tiktok or youtube or instagram it was one of these hold my beer things and it was just like this collage of like 20 something idiots doing stupid things in college and it just i just had such a a a feeling of nostalgia for a simpler time you know what i mean like where where yeah. you could do stupid things and and it did not that it didn't matter but it didn't matter you know Oh, yeah. No, I mean, those were some of the greatest times. I think about that a lot. I have dreams about that kind of stuff all the time, you know, just being back in the dorm floors and, and you know, being able to eat all you wanted, being able to drink oh all you wanted, yeah. and you wake up and you do it all again the next day, like it never even happened. And it's just, I was thinking of how humorous I feel like it would be if we recorded this podcast and showed it to ourselves from 20 years ago. And, oh my god! Know, sitting on our dorm floor and said, "Hey, you know, if if we got access to this really cool time machine and we went back in time, and and I found you walking around campus, I'm like, I'm the older version of your roommate, and you need to go listen to this because it's fucking hilarious how old we are at this point, and we're still talking and we're still, you know, keeping in touch, but mostly it's just it's interesting the things that." we didn't have to worry about in 1994 versus the things that we have to worry about today. Dude, can you, can you fathom if you were walking across the quad and you ran across us from now walking towards you? I can only imagine it being a scene out of back to the future too, right? Like when they see each other and it's just like, I'm old and I'm young and they all just kind of fucking pass out or whatever. Yeah. It would, oh, that's uh, funny. it would be a real trip. I, I hope somehow we get the ability to do that someday because that would be amazing. It would, it would be awesome. <laughs> As complete side note, do you remember the day OJ got convicted? <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think I know where you're going with this, but I'd like do you, for you remember to continue. And, and I, and I mean, just, and I, and I can't even remember all the details, but I think it was you, me and Steve were walking across the quad and, and we saw some dude that, <laughs> and the only thing I can remember was it looked like he was wearing a, like a flower pot on his head. Do you know, do you, do you have no. any recollection of that at all? <laughs> I, I don't. Steve, Steve and I literally were in tears 
at just making fun of this guy in this like fake British made up voice that we came up with in our head. And he was, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. It was just, um, yeah, it was a complete non sequitur, but God damn, it was funny, but it was just, it was like those kind of random things that I think about of college that like, that's what I think back to. I couldn't tell you one. I couldn't tell you the name of one professor not one. If I, if I had to, uh, I um, can think of a couple of them. But... Yeah, okay. I, I could not. <laughs> who was the the teacher that we had on thursday nights it was one time a week that we both had the same class was it a was it a science class or a music class or something and we always had to skip uh basketball iu basketball games well we had a chemistry class together and it was like a three-hour class on a monday yes. night was that it maybe that's what maybe that's what it was yeah oh, that, wow. that guy did not like us yeah, well, that's probably true, and probably uh, probably fair to say that we felt the same way, but it was mutual. But speaking of our friend Steve, and my favorite memory that comes to mind specific to the to the time of OJ was when Steve put in the window of his dorm floor free OJ, and it, like so he he wrote it out an individual eight by eleven and a half pieces of paper with one big letter on each paper so he taped each one up there and i remember and i'm pretty sure it was you i remember walking by that and seeing on the quad and like how fucking great would it be if we went up there with a couple extra pieces of paper and made it say free blowjobs and uh, (laughs) and had somebody go up to his room and i'm so mad that we never did that because that would have been amazing but uh (laughs) i uh Steve was a character. He's a he's a great dude, and uh, I hope someday he listens to these podcasts because hopefully he'll get a little nostalgia too. I my my greatest memory of Steve was the I don't know year or year and a half when we got into the the LPBA. Every I think it was Thursday night we would watch ladies professional bowling, and we <laughs> for do, reasons for for reasons. And we, I mean, it was appointment television and we got so into it and we developed our favorites and we developed these storylines and we loved Tish Johnson. She was this, if you've never seen, and I'm sure you haven't, Tish Johnson, please Google her because she she is is the, the perfect, like when you think of ladies bowler, you think of Tis Johnson, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you you probably could uh, put that picture in your head. It sounds like I remember you stole a pair of bowling shoes for me from your class, and I wore those things uh, for a solid year at least. And I love those; I, th- they did wonders to my back to walk around in those things all the time. But man, those those like fake suede or whatever they were. The the front half of the shoe was half gray, and the other half was blue, and then the back of it was red. And it Red. was just, yeah. it was great. I loved it. I, I, yeah. I, uh, that was, God, when was that? Was that, it was either freshman, was freshman. year or soft. Was it freshman year? That was absolutely was it, freshman year. Uh, was it? Well, actually, now that you say that, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember when you took bowling, but I want to say it was probably freshman year. Maybe I, second I think you're, I think you're probably right. I rem- yeah, I remember I took racquetball my freshman year and I took, and I'm pretty sure I took bowling my freshman year too. Oh, I remember because that's when we bonded because I would always swing by your room because I was taking Taekwondo and that's I right. think we would go together because we would go to the hyper. Right. And I will that's never right. forget. I have this visualization of you sitting in your room 
and you're putting your contacts in and you're you take your contacts out of the case and you just squirt the contact solution all over it and it's just like drenches all over the floor right like you didn't even care you weren't even trying to like we didn't have bathrooms or sinks in our room so you just like you would just like spray it and drench it and then put it in your eye and it was like nobody gave any fucks about what those <laughs> dorm rooms looked like or smelled like or any of that and i would just sit there and wait for you to get ready because i think i was the one that woke you up and you'd answer in your underwear and walk back to your uh to bed and sit down and just you know kind of get yourself together I, that sounds I do, about right i do have those memories not too terribly long ago i was telling my boys about Zave, dave zakatansky mm. and about about how he would walk to the shower just completely nude yeah with zero fucks to give carrying his shower caddy and just like just walk around and just not care at all i was just i was and they 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 could not fathom the idea that we didn't have bathrooms in our dorms they were just like wait what oh, in the like rooms yeah yeah they couldn't they just couldn't fathom that oh yeah you, you had to community go to bathrooms communal, community, community showers shower. yeah. yeah they could not fathom that at all so i don't know lord knows what um what college will be like by the time our children go i'm sure well it'll be way more expensive than it was but at uh, least 4x the yeah. price it was yeah so what's going on in your world anything good uh, other than adulting uh well there's plenty of adulting work is pretty busy right now going through review season so doing a little traveling i'm looking forward to got spring break coming up so that's pretty fun i'm not yeah. looking forward to the fact that it's over wrestlemania again so i, I will we this will be two straight years i can't remember the last time we had two straight years where we didn't have wrestlemania together uh, we we've gone a couple one-offs where we didn't get a chance to hang out but yeah. this might be the first time ever i don't know that we haven't so, yeah, had so, two straight since- yeah, since since we've been doing it, I I don't even think. I mean, if you don't count the pandemic, there might have been two years where we watched it virtually. But I don't. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go back and. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. I think. Yeah, I think probably since we started, it's yeah, it's been a while. So what? So uh, it's a good segue. What do you? What do you? Um, are, are you? First of all, are you up? Are you following? And what do you think about kind of heading into WrestleMania? We still got what? Um, not quite a month. Yeah, I think that, yeah, we've got about a month to go. I think it's going to be a really good show. I think it's going to lean towards the same sort of theme that last year was, which is just like wall-to-wall entertainment, because I think we're going to have some really good matches. I think we're going to see the culmination of a lot of storylines that we've been waiting to see finish with Roman Reigns going up against Cody Rhodes. I'm pretty sure we haven't heard it officially yet, but we're going to see... Kevin Owens team up with Sami Zayn to go after the Bloodlines tag belts. I think we're going to see Rey Mysterio and and Dominic go after each other. It seems like they're just really... uh, They also just announced uh, Trish Stratus is back to wrestle with Becky Lynch and Lita, who are the current women's tag champions, to go against Damage Control. So, I mean, I feel like they're really pulling out all the stops, which is what they should do, and that's great. And I, I think it's going to be a good show. I don't know that it's going to be a. Oh, and John Cena's back, which I love. Yes. I think that's fucking great. Yes. They, I mean, I look, I get that probably whoever's listening to this is probably not a huge wrestling fan, but you know, last, uh, last raw, which was this past Monday night was incredible. John Cena comes out and cuts this promo on Austin theory. And it is just absolutely fire. It was so, so good. And it made me think, Jesus Christ, where's John Cena? Like, why isn't he more a part of this world? Because 
it's funny he's been away for so long but he has not lost a step and it was so good and i know he he's not going to be able to wrestle like he used to but i don't even care like just having him there as a presence is enough to make me tune in for sure i have been a mark for john cena i mean for years and years and years even when it was not like it was super uncool to like to like john cena but seeing him come back you're right i mean he He's, he, he's, I don't know, he's got to be 60 pounds lighter than he was. And he's, yeah. he's starting to bald, but God damn, he's still so good. And like when he walked out onto that stage and he heard the roar of the crowd, right. And he was even talking to the camera and he was like, you gotta be here to believe it was, it was just really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it really kind of makes me sad because like, when you think about there's not going to be that many, at least for me. Yes. There's not that many more years where I'm going to be able to experience something like that because there's not a wrestler that I'm going to be that invested in. And that, you know what I mean? Like that I'm, sure. I'm going to care for that long. And again, it's not that I don't like the current product cause I do, Yeah. but like once, once the, the John Cena's of the world. And I'll even put maybe Roman Reigns and maybe Kevin Owens, like in Randy Orton, like once those guys go away, I, I, I fear that I'm going to kind of be to the age. So what I'm in the, my mid forties right now, once those guys go away, what I'm going to be in my early to mid fifties. You figure yep. at the latest, mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm going to get ever again, like that nostalgia pop for, Austin yeah. theory or, or, you know what I mean? Like, or Seamus or, and again, that's not to say that those guys aren't great, but I'm just at a different stage in my life. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I think when you talk about John Cena that way, it makes me think a lot about Hulk Hogan because I yeah. feel like John Cena in a sense is the second coming of Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. And that he is the ultimate baby face. He's the ultimate good guy that, you know, people didn't hate on Hulk Hogan the same way they hated on John Cena, but that's because the product and the business and the culture really changed a lot from from the Legends era to, you know, where, you know, Ruthless Aggression and, and on through the John Cena years. And I think that in some way, you know, the crowd gave John Cena a lot of shit. I mean, a lot of shit. And he yeah. endured through that somehow and just took it and wore it as a badge and, and it everybody loved him for it. Like they, they, they don't chant Cena sucks anymore. Or if they do, they do it ironically because nobody hates John Cena anymore. They just don't. And so I understand what you're saying because I, I don't see in the current product or the current generation, the next version of that. And I think that there will be that. I don't know that it will be for us because we will have been past our, our prime as fans, I think of wrestling but I'm in my prime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Doc Holiday. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I, I do agree. I think there's an element of sadness to it because it feels like we we have obviously lost the legend generation, right? Like those guys can't get in the ring. They can't compete. They're they're all pretty old. A lot of them have died, you know, and now we're getting to the point where Triple H is gone. The Rock is gone. Uh, Hogan is gone, which I guess he's legend, but he kind of stuck around a little bit longer. But then you've got Brock Lesnar, who's part time at best. And and John Cena is pretty much gone. I mean, the next generation of the guys that we really cared about are walking out the door. Yeah. And it's going to be I, I don't think I'm going to feel that way about Roman Reigns. I mean, I really respect the guy, but I'm not really going to miss him in that same way that I would. 
I don't think he's created the same memories. I don't think, well, this is definitely arguable. I don't know that he changed the business the same way that Hogan did. I don't know that he changed the business the same way that Cena did. I think he's done a lot, but I don't think he changed it. I don't think he revolutionized it. No, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, and I think, so if you look at where the wrestling business was when Hulk Hogan was coming up versus where he left the business, and then you contrast that with where the business was when, say, Roman Reigns started and where he's going to leave it. The, the reality is that the leaps and bounds that the wrestling business made from at the beginning of Hogan's run, right, where it was a where it was a basically a, a group of indie territories that Vince consolidated into the World Wrestling Federation, yeah. largely on the backs of guys like Hogan and Sheik and, and Piper and those guys, yeah. right? Well, when Roman came in, it was already the World Wrestling Federation or, you know, it was already a publicly traded company, this huge billion dollar, billion yeah. dollar company, Multi-billion right? dollar. And so it's not even necessarily like Roman's quote unquote fault, right? It's just so much more right. difficult to move the needle exactly that behemoth at that point right because it is so huge right now right and and, and they don't get enough credit for how huge they are i mean they sell oh. out all these shows insane houses i mean again we talked about it the last time we chatted about Sami Zayn when they were in canada and how insane that crowd was for him yeah and it's just like it's it's just crazy and it's like how do you take it to the next level what could the next level even be you know, they, there's been rumors and innuendos about the WWE is up for sale or they're going to take it. Yeah. Take it, uh, you know, um, no longer being publicly traded. I don't know what that looks like. I haven't heard a whole lot recently. My gut tells me that if, that if they're going to take it private again, it's probably going to go to some kind of like Saudi investment group. Just I'm just thinking about like who has the just the wherewithal and the, and the money to do something like that. It's got to be a conglomerate group like that, right? I would think. That's a good question. I don't know. And and I don't know what that means for the future of the business if that happens, right? I mean, does that mean all the women are going to have to wear, you know, neck to foot, like, you know, outfits and stuff like that? I mean, when they go wrestle overseas and, and that's Saudi what they Arabia, wear. they're not allowed to show skin. And that's you know, that's a big part of the product and how it's advertised today. And I can't imagine it would be the same. Now, of course, I don't think that's that would make good business sense. So hopefully anybody who would invest in that wouldn't make that dramatic of a change. But I mean, it's it's hard to say. I have no yeah. idea. I think a lot of that's just fodder for for fake news on online. But hey, I'm sure. Yeah, I, th I think you're probably right. Um, I don't know. I, I do have to say. So there was a, there was a time where Vince went away like for reasons, right? He had some legal troubles and we even talked about it on the podcast. In fact, we have an, we had an entire episode where we talked about kind of the future of the yeah. WWE without Vince McMahon. And, and of course now he's back. Um, <laughs> yeah. In and, some capacity. Right. And, and this is going to sound weird coming on the, the heels of a conversation where we were just talking about how excited we are for WrestleMania season and how good raw was and those kind of things. But I personally get this feeling like when I heard Vince was back and um, involved in creative again, I was bummed. Yeah. Like I, I looked at that as a negative thing. And again, it's, it's an, it's a subjective thing. So it's not a right or wrong, but like, am I the only one? I don't think I'm the only one that's feeling that. Oh, I absolutely felt that way. It felt yeah. like kind of a, 
a punch in the gut because Triple H was breathing so much fresh air into the product mm-hmm. and, and what was going on. And he clearly was making some tonal shifts that were very different from what Vince was doing. He brought back a handful of players that Vince basically said goodbye to, you know, Braun yeah. Strowman and Bray Wyatt. I, I mean, and there's a handful of others. So I am of the mind at this point that Vince is not the one that is best suited to exert creative control over this product anymore. I think Hunter has more respect amongst the the talent. And I think the fans are more interested in him being so in tune with what they want to see that it's going to be better if it stays with him. So I don't know if Vince is really involved in the creative again. Again, I, you know, the dirt sheets are all really hard to take at face value. So I think as long as the shows stay good, then I guess I don't really know, or I don't really care, but you know, and that's a a really good point because even though, even though I have this feeling of like sadness or disappointment that Vince is quote unquote back, I will say that has not been reflected in the product. Like what I've seen has been really, really good. Now, I don't know if that means that like, that is the tail end of what triple H has been doing. And then like Vince's shit is going to take over and it's going to be bad again. I don't know. Yeah. But to your point, like it, it, it's, yeah, my, my, my quote unquote bad feelings about Vince have not been reflected in the product. And I just hope and pray that it won't, what I perceive as a negative won't rub off on the WrestleMania weekend. You know what I mean? While we were talking here, I, I just pulled up, this is e wrestling news and they have, six two three six current what they consider official wrestlemania matches that have i I don't know if these have been announced or what have you so they've got the undisputed wwe universal championship of roman reigns versus cody rhodes they've got the smackdown women's championship match of charlotte flair versus rhea ripley which i think will be awesome might be the match of the night it very well may be um the raw women's championship bianca belair versus asuka Mm-hmm. United States Championship match, Austin Theory versus John Cena. And I want to come back to that one and get your thoughts in a minute. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Omos, which is that's the Vince match. That's the like two big guy, like fast fuck you, forward. That's gonna hold, be terrible. Yes, fast forward. Hold, exactly. Yeah. Unless Brock drives another fucking tractor out to the ring. I'm not <laughs> interested in any of it. Right. Right. And then uh the, the match you mentioned earlier, Becky, Lita, and Trish versus damage control, which like God, I, I, Trish is, I love Trish. I've always loved Trish. Like she is just, and I love, I, and I love Becky. She I'm, is I'm, our I'm, age, by the way. Trish is our age. Is she really? Actually, she's a year older. She looks remarkable, so much better than I do. <laughs> she's, she's taken good care of herself. It's not even funny. Um, okay, so so back to Austin Theory, John Cena. So, and as far as I know, that on Monday night was the first interaction that they have had. Is, is that correct? Like that was the first time we'd seen John Cena back. So I think that was um, the first time that they had like interact. Like, like I guess my point, there was no history there. Was there? Uh, I'd have to think about that. I want to say that they have had some history. I don't know that. I, I don't think they've wrestled obviously, but I think okay. that they've maybe had a few back and forths in some okay. way, shape okay. or form. But yeah, this is, uh, 
that that segment was incredible and i'm okay. really really excited for the match i think it's going to okay. be good so so if if there was history there i'm i'm clear i'm not familiar with it but i, I don't think it necessarily matters for the, the purposes of this conversation so john cena comes out he is clearly the aggressor there in in that in that i'll call it a diatribe or that quote unquote back and forth it wasn't really a back and forth because austin theory just like got murdered in the middle of the ring audibly you know see i don't think they even touched one another my question to you is right now today on march 9th a month out who wins that match 100 percent austin theory he was, wins that okay. match he has to because the only way that i see it going in different ways if they decide they want to put a belt on john cena one more time to give him what that would be his 17th championship would that put him above or is that no. 17th world championship that's world so this one doesn't that wouldn't count no nope. okay it wouldn't get him there okay so no absolutely not as much as the entire crowd wants it john cena is probably and i'm i'm hypothesizing here but i think he's probably one of the most stand-up guys next to taker that has ever been in that ring and i don't think for a second John Cena's ego would carry him to the point where he would need to come back just to win that match. It, it yeah. just wouldn't happen. There's no reason for him to win that match. He would absolutely come back under the stipulation that he gets to put Austin Theory over because he understands, like Taker understands, that on your way out, you you give back to somebody else what you, you were given. Yeah. You do the job. Exactly. So, no. I mean, I'm I'm almost willing to put my my highest that, confidence that's your 14th, point that's your point that might point be match, yeah. that might be it yeah. because they're just it makes no sense to do that now you know i gotta be honest if i lost that 14 points i would love to be wrong because i just love john yeah. cena but what do they do you know they bring him back they put it on him for a night have him lose it at raw or have him give it up or something like there's no real good way to do that and i don't think he's coming back to wrestle even for you know from now until SummerSlam. like i don't i don't think they're gonna do that so I think he's perfectly happy to go in there and do the job. I that's that's my take on it right now. But what do you think? Am I off? No, I don't think you're off. But I I think I think there is value in I think there's value in getting John Cena one more title run so that he is above Ric Flair. Now, what I will, the addition that I will make to that is I'm not suggesting that John Cena is a better wrestler than Ric Flair. That's oh, not no. what I'm saying. Well, but, yeah, I, you can't but, really make that argument. Yeah. No, no, you know, you can't, but, but I guess what I'm saying is in, in WWE world, I would think my perception of Vince is that Vince would want a WWE guy, i.e. Triple H or Hulk Hogan or Roman Reigns or John Cena to hold the quote-unquote title of most championships versus a quote-unquote WCW guy like Ric Flair. Does that make sense? Like, it does, but right now it's tied, right? Right, right now, now they both time. have 16 it, it, so it's easy 16 right it's easy to keep yeah. it that way and make them make everybody happy right right so so yeah. the, the flip the flip side to that is if triple h is 
in charge. I think Triple H probably has more reverence for the overall history of the business and by extension would have more quote unquote reverence for flair than he would Cena. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Possibly. But I, I also want to think that he may realize when the dust settles, having two people with the same number of champions is better for business. I think it might be in my opinion, because then you get people arguing and making the point there's when there's no one clear standout it's best for business because that means everybody's arguing and talking about it and making their point so i kind i kind of think that having the one golden goose i don't think it's that much of a benefit to the to to profits i don't know okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna go off and on off ramp here we can come back to the wrestling that's fine but you you triggered something okay so lebron james Mm. not too terribly long ago became the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Yeah. That has reignited the conversation of who is the best ever, the GOAT, in basketball. Yeah. And and we were talking about, like, John Cena versus Ric Flair, this, you know, who's the GOAT in basketball? Is there, mm. or, or can we still have that conversation? Because I have, I have a very specific answer, but I want to get your answer. I mean, it really all depends on what your definition of success is. I think if you're asking me, I I have a hard time saying it's not Michael Jordan. I really do, because I think that I honestly think that winning championships is harder than anything. I mean, you know, being the all time leading scorer of the league is, is by no means an easy feat. But I feel like if you if you play well consistently long enough, then you know, you do set yourself up for that success, but I think winning championships says so much more about your contribution to a team that it's a more, for me personally, I considered a more impressive statistic. So I think the guy that goes down and, and, and I, I want to be clear, like there are there guys, well, I mean, the sad thing is, is the guys like Bill Russell aren't even entering this conversation and he's got more than both of those guys, right? Bill Russell, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he has at least eight, right? The Celtics, if people forgot that the Celtics back in the 50s or 60s won eight straight championships, eight straight, not like the Bulls who won six total. The Celtics won eight straight. They were unbelievably dominant back then. And it's too easy to just push them aside and say, well, that was a different time. There's no way... Bill Russell back in the day could compete with LeBron James today. And that's, that's probably fair. I would say that that's probably accurate too, but it's also not anything that you can ever prove. But for my money, Michael Jordan was the best because he took his team and he elevated them to something bigger and something better. And LeBron has done that, but I don't think he has done that consistently like Michael Jordan has. That's, but that's one guy's opinion. And I don't, I don't really stay super in tune with the NBA as much these right. days. So it's, it's harder for me to be a credible resource for that. But what say you? I echo almost everything that you said. Exactly. Michael Jordan is the goat. Michael Jordan is still the goat. And I'm a huge LeBron fan. You know, LeBron was a hometown guy for many years. He brought us our one and only title in the last thousand years. My, my oldest son and I have this conversation pretty regularly about who is the goat in basketball. In, in my eyes, it's Michael Jordan. Call me when LeBron has six championships. Is that your only argument? It's the only argument I need, Sean! 
I'm not going to echo what you just, but yes, it's, it's yeah. still, it's still Michael. I did look it up while you were talking. Bill Russell has 11, 11. And 11. nobody <laughs> has said a fucking yeah. word about Bill Russell. I know. It's and crazy. come on people. Yeah. Like I get it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a long time ago and it's before those games were heavily televised and before people were having shoe deals and video games and all that stuff. Yeah. But man, like, that's impressive. Like that's yeah. just eight, incredible. Eight, eight in a row, eight in a row, and eleven overall. Now, th- all of that being said, and it it pains me to say it, the goat of all goats is Tom Brady. It's and true, I, and and I, I hundred percent like it. It kills me to say that, but it's oh, yeah. but it's absolutely true. Yeah. It is. I mean, it has to be because he's just nobody has done what he does, and we. Both know that he's retiring, even though he could play probably another two or three years. If he really wanted to, he he could. Yeah, oh, absolutely he could. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is he is he gonna win championships? Well, that that really kind of depends on his team, right? The team around him. But no, he he is he would absolutely, I think, has probably three or four or five more years of being a top third NFL quarterback. Oh, for sure. In my in my opinion. Yeah, he could absolutely do that. But there's that's one sport that there it's undeniable. Like there is right. nobody in the argument. Basketball, you can argue. Baseball, I feel like you could probably argue. I mean, I'm sure ba- you've baseball. Yeah, baseball is so you know it's is it is it. It's got so much more pitcher. of a history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and because of the way the game's designed, to your point, I think it's harder to make that argument. But I mean, yeah, baseball. I mean, is it is it Hank Aaron? Is it Babe Ruth? Is it you know, Jim told me who is it, you know, <laughs> right. But um, I, he's my favorite. I don't think I'd well, I know. Him. I know who yeah, you're, yeah, no, you're I appreciate is, but... that. You know, how about hockey? There's kind of two names in hockey. It's like, it's Gordy, it's Gordy Howe and it's Wayne Gretzky, right? Yeah. I think for me, Those it's Gretzky, the... but I'm, I'm severely unqualified when it comes yeah, me to too. hockey. Yeah. Me so, too. or you could make uh, the case for maybe, I don't know, Yager. I, I don't know if he's, if he's, Lemieux, I, or I'm Lemieux, I mean, yeah, Lemieux probably what I should have said, but I don't know. I mean, if it wasn't back in the '90s, I don't remember because I played hockey. On, I'm sure we'll get uh, NHL '94. Com- we'll we'll get all sorts of comments. What about this guy? You know, like I that I, I again, I when it comes hockey, to hockey, I don't know. Hockey's yeah. the one on ice, right? I think so. I don't okay. Know. Let's see. While we're doing goats, we talked about football. We talked about baseball, basketball. Clearly, Tish Johnson is the goat of LPBA. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we t- we touched on her earlier. Um, I, soccer is the one. Who's the guy that just hung him up in the World Cup? Won the. I mean, you got Ronaldo. You got Beckham. Is that, is that who got... it was? I don't even know. I I, no, I, I don't probably. know. I I don't yeah. watch soccer or Pele. He was a, he's a big name. Oh, Pele. Yeah, he just died, didn't he? He did. Yes. Yeah, that's really sad. I, I remember he was the first like internationally known soccer yeah. star i think at least international to you know the united states because right. we're, we're right. the last country to really adopt giving a shit about, about soccer how about, how about boxing we're yeah. really getting on my wheelhouse is it is oh, it's it got to be muhammad ali yeah i was gonna say it's, it's yeah like, i think so i mean yeah. i don't know i mean it depends on i bet if you uh, if you fantasy matched it you know i bet tyson and his prime would have wasted ali oh, i don't know God. i think you really would have dude t- some of those tyson matches back in the 80s and 90s dude he just like would eat iron bars to get to his opponent it was crazy it was insane watching that dude that dude was an absolute monster speaking of tyson so we i'm coming back to wrestling tyson has a podcast and it's called like 
I don't know, some, something pot related. It's like high times or something like that. But the Undertaker was just on it the other day. I think like, I, just, I think I saw a clip and I couldn't yeah. believe it was a that Mike Tyson has a podcast. But. Right, right. I think it's really cool that Taker, now that he's retired, I you're starting to see him pop up. Like you're starting to see him do these these interviews, which I think is really, really cool, especially since kind of he's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Well, he does like um, these one man shows or something, right? Like, doesn't he actually think so, tour yeah. on some kind of a, I don't know if it's a Q&A or some kind of presentation that he does, but yeah, he's kind of so. like a thing that he he kind of travels with. Anyways, let's see. We, obviously, we don't really have a a, a topic for tonight. And, I, no. and we, we were chatting before we started recording I kind of like that. I kind of like these episodes where we just kind of shoot the shit. Yeah, it's fun. And I, I like it sort of unscripted like that because it gives us an opportunity to kind of bounce all around. So we talked about wrestling, which is obviously a, a topic near and dear to our hearts. But what about uh, what about TV watching? Have you seen any what what shows are you invested in at this point? Or are you are you are you engaged in anything watching? Anything? You know what? The, n- not really. The only show, I guess the only show on TV that I'm in even remotely invested in Mandalorian. Yeah. I watched the first episode of season three, which I thought was great. I, I know that as, as we're recording this on March 9th, I think the second episode of season three is out already and I have not seen it yet. The only other thing that I watch with any sort of regularity, I watch a show on Netflix with my wife called Emily in Paris. And, <laughs> you okay. And I'm familiar. And, I have not seen yeah, it though. And, yeah, and 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 it's a show that we can watch together. It's a you know, I guess it's the best the best way I can describe it. It's like a, um, it's a Sex in the City for the for the twenty twenties. You know, it's like it. It, you know who Emily is. Emily is actually Phil Collins, the singer's daughter. That's who Emily is. Yeah. Okay. And it's I mean, but it's a fun. I mean, it's a fun show. She is a. It's essentially kind of a fish out of water story. She goes. She's a um, a marketing executive in Chicago. She moves to to Paris, doesn't know the language, and hilarity ensues. So, did you uh, uh, not to stray too far off topic? But yeah. did you by chance see the? Uh, there's a skit on Saturday Night Live with Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning pops on the Weekend Update segment, and they keep trying to ask him football questions, and he keeps diverting to watching Emily in Paris, and and he's like, "No, like, did he it's, really? <laughs> it's really really funny. You got to watch it. It's hilarious. I haven't seen the show." So I don't get okay. any of the references, but the okay. fact that that Peyton is is continuously like steering the conversation back to that show when it's obviously something that oh that's he, really funny he wouldn't watch it's it's really good put that's that on funny. your your next to watch list speak okay speaking of Peyton do you, when you watch Thursday Night Football are you watching the Manning cast or no. are you watching the just football. No, I, I okay. typically, if I'm watching Thursday Night Football, which to this day, I still forget exists sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't watch that. I, I, okay. I don't know if it's any good or not. Maybe it is. It, it probably is, but I, I haven't. Yeah, all, all, all I, I, I see clips of it on YouTube. I, I've never sat down and watched an entire like episode of them. So what, uh, how about yourself? Are you, are you invested in anything? Are you watch anything these days? Yeah, a couple shows. So I'm. I'm tearing through the show Succession on HBO, which I really like. It it took me a little while to catch on. It was one of those shows that I would always catch a couple minutes of a specific episode deep into a random season 
when I would travel and, you know, turn on the TV on, on the road and that would be what's on HBO. And I'm like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. So I finally started it from the beginning, the fourth. And I think the final season is getting ready to premiere here in a couple weeks. So I'm watching that, which is really good. Uh, the only, I feel like, well, there's a couple actors of note, Brian Cox, uh, who is in uh, oh, yeah. uh, Super Troopers and he was in the X-Men, one of the X-Men movies. And, it, you know, great actor. He's he's sort of he I guess it's if I understand correctly, the show is loosely based off of Rupert Murdoch and and his, oh. his you know, it, because it's focused around this media conglomerate and his children and how he uses them and pits them all against each other. And it's really interesting. And and Alan Ruck, who is uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he is in this show. As well, he's he's one of uh, Brian Cox's children, and oh, Kieran Culkin as well. Okay, and it's 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 great. It's a it's a fun show. It's very interesting. I shouldn't say it's fun. It's not fun, but it's 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 pretty uh, interestingly corrupt. I guess is what I would say in terms of the uh, moral bankruptcy of of the people and the characters. But that's pretty good. But I'm I'm also really excited about The Last of Us. Uh, I've been watching that on HBO too. I was I we've spoken about it on this podcast. It's one of my absolute favorite games of all time. Came out on the PlayStation a handful of years ago, maybe around I don't know 2015. I'm gonna guess maybe not quite that long. And they had a sequel, and the story is just really phenomenal. And they made it into a series, and the guy who wrote the game is also writing the series on HBO, which I feel like is not particularly common for video game adaptations. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really good. And he uses a lot of his own stuff in terms of like, he, there will be scenes in the show that he word for word replicates from the dialogue from the game. And it works really well. And the casting is, is pretty good. I really like it, but it, the show overall, I think is really solid. And I, I, I know that you haven't seen it. I kind of hope that you would just because I know you're a big Walking Dead fan. And I'm just curious to know whether this scratches all the zombie itches that you might have. Or is this sort of after Walking Dead just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's okay. But the story is, it isn't really that interesting. But obviously, you have to see it first. Yeah, I, I, I have heard nothing but good things about that show. I no, I haven't seen it. I haven't played the game. I guess my question would be if I were going to go and enter into that world, do I play the game? Do I watch the show? Do I do them both? Like what's the, as somebody that's familiar with the franchise at this point and you really love the game, like what's, what's better if I'm going to jump in, what's better? Well, it's kind of a tough call. I, I guess what I would say to you talking to you specifically i would say the movie just because i know the game is going to be hard for you to invest the time in because it's 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 not okay. going to be easy because it's it's a long game you know it's going to take a, a quite a few hours to get through but i'd say the the show does a really good job of consolidating all the really important story and plot lines of what the game represents so i would say just watch that and if you really like that story then play the game but i mean the the thing that's really great about the game is the story. Like there's nothing particularly revolutionary about the gameplay. It's really more, it's the first game that I played that I was, I was playing the game 
and felt like I was watching a movie at the same time. It was just really compelling. So the story is what the meat of everything is around The Last of Us. So I would say you're probably good with just watching the show. Okay. Okay. Is that something that the wife would watch or no? Uh, I don't know her. So (laughs) probably not. I'm going to say probably not. I don't know if it would. I mean, it's not overly gore. It's more of a drama than anything else. It's not, it's not a super gory show. It's, it's really more of a post-apocalyptic kind of drama. And and so I don't know, maybe have her watch the first episode. I mean, she'll probably get a good feel for what that's going to be. Okay. And it's and it's Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, is Pedro Pascal guy? is yeah. the main guy, and Bella Ramsey, uh, both of them who are in Game of Thrones, she plays Ellie, and yeah, it's it's just a really great story about their their journey together, which I I don't want to talk too much about because if you haven't seen it, it okay, you know, there's there's some spoiler type stuff, but uh, yeah, I think it's really good. It's so I was I was I was not a Game of Thrones guy. What was Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones? He was he a main character. No, he was not a main character. Oh, okay. That okay. was the first okay. thing. No, I'm sorry. That's not the first thing. The first thing I ever saw him in was Narcos, I believe. Well, on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you ever saw that. It was fucking amazing. Narcos was about the story of Pablo Escobar and how he came to power and all the craziness and the empire that he built around drugs. And and Pedro Pascal played uh Javier Pena, who is one of the undercover agents that worked with the American. Uh, government to try to take him down and man it was real wow what a good show that was that was one of the first shows i think on netflix that i watched that was i believe produced by netflix that just absolutely hooked me like god damn that was a good show so 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 good Uh, but anyways yeah so peter pascal he's everywhere these days right yeah Uh, Yeah. last of us and of course mandalorian is back i did see the first episode i thought it was okay i mean I'm just kind of like waiting to see what we're doing and where it's going and what's happening. Uh, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. See what Star Wars looks like without the Skywalker family. Yeah. I read a headline today that, and again, I don't know if it's true, but it was a headline that Mace Windu was confirmed to be back in either a Mando episode or a Book of Boba episode coming in the future. Which I think uh, would be really cool. I'm which on I the think fence. would be really cool. Are I'm you? on the fence. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, how many people that we thought were dead can they bring back? Like, it's... Uh, and how old would he be at that point? Like, because... He would he would have old. to take how old he was at the time of his death, which yeah. was how many years before Star Wars? Five? Well, but... Well, let's see. Um, Revenge of the Sith was how many years before A New Hope? Or no, it had to be way more than that because Luke is, what, 16, 18 in New Hope? Yeah, so it's, yeah, call it 10 or 15 years, right? At the le- at the least. Oh, yeah, at least. And this is after Jedi, right? Mando Mandalorian takes place five years after Jedi. So we're like, we're talking Correct. like, we're talking however 30 old years mace was years. and add 20 to 30 years yeah, yeah. i mean I, yeah. it's it's certainly possible but yeah yeah i don't know um i guess we'll see where it goes we'll see what happens but what about uh and any movies have you been to the theater at all i uh, dude i haven't been i think because i did not see halloween that's right ends 
in the theater. I saw it at home. I think, and this is a really good unintended segue. I think the last movie I saw in the theater was Scream 5. Okay. And Scream 6 comes out like tonight. Yeah, it's out tonight. Yeah. And I am fucking pumped. I cannot wait to see that movie. Are you are you up for Scream Takes Manhattan? Is that uh, are you are you looking forward to that? I I really am. Okay. I, I really am because I really enjoyed Scream 5. Now I will say some and I have um there there was a couple three or four weeks ago, there was a couple days where I don't know if it was the killer or the or a video or what like it was leaked if something was leaked and I didn't and I didn't watch it so I don't know and I don't know if they have changed it since then but the initial a couple of initial things that I have read have not been overly positive but I I genuinely don't care like I'm I'm all in I cannot wait to see that movie okay well, and I don't good. really care if it gets spoiled from you know what I mean like it, to, for me it's the screen movies is not are not really about at least after the first one, we're not really about the who done it. It was more of like how they, how they mm. navigate and how they get to, you know, at least for me. Yeah, well, that's interesting because for me, I felt like it was always the who done it. And was it? Af- okay. after the first movie, it just it, it got progressively less interesting because I felt like they stopped really taking chances. And that's not to say that I didn't like Scream Five because I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was fine. I didn't really think it moved the needle that much, but I thought Scream 4 and Scream 5 were kind of on the same level with each other. Yeah. Like, both of them were serviceable. Both of them had parts that I really enjoyed, but ultimately they were kind of forgettable. Like, I think I saw each of them once all the way through and okay. haven't revisited them. And again, not because I didn't like them, but just because it didn't it didn't really change anything. Okay. And I, I like them both better than Scream 2 and Scream 3. I thought those were both kind of crappy. But, well, Scream 2 was what? Eh, it's kind of okay. Scream right. 3 I thought was terrible. I thought that was, I, I hated it. I did not care for it at all. But I, I just can't help shake this, this trigger that I get when I see that Scream 6 is coming out, but Nev Campbell is not going to be in it. Like, sure. I want to be clear. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily love her character or feel like she has anything left to do in this series mm-hmm. but it feels it's triggering in that it feels like a feels series wrong. that has yeah. lost its lead star and when that happens it's like well that must be a sign that I don't need to see this movie mm-hmm. and I that might be wrong because I actually read a review that loved this movie I read IGN's review okay. and they, they gave it a nine and they said it was yeah, absolutely okay. on par if not a little better than Scream 5 but I you know I read that and I thought well you know what did I think of Scream 5 did I like it enough to want to carry on because obviously they bring back a lot of the characters a lot of yeah. the newer characters from Scream 5 Jenna Ortega and um you know the the rest of the, I don't honestly remember the names of anybody else she's the only name that i know yeah and we know courtney cox is in this i have Mm -hmm. to assume maybe she dies i don't know but i have to think that that's a a possibility if not a probability but i I, if they if it if they don't take a chance with who the killer is then i think the whole movie is a waste of time sure i don't think it's going to be nev campbell right because she's not in the movie I right. don't think it's going to be Courtney Cox. 
I don't, maybe it's Jenna Ortega. I doubt it. I, I don't know. But I mean, like, if yeah. they, the problem is, is that when they film a new movie, a new screen movie and the movie, the killer of the movie ends up being a new character. It's just boring to me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cheap yeah. cop out. It's lazy storytelling. You know, it's somebody's mom who we didn't know ever existed. And, and, well, and, and somebody had a right. brother and we didn't know. And it's just like, that's bullshit. Like that's cheating. Like it's, it, it's not, that's like, that's a soap opera television right there. I would agree with you, but I would also point out that like, Every single Scream sequel has been that. Yeah, right? right. They've literally all been, right? So Scream 2 was Mickey and... Billy Loomis's mom. Billy's mom, right? Scream 3 was a unknown brother that we didn't know about. Right? A half-brother. What's his name? Or half-brother. Yeah, Sidney's um, half-brother. Scream 4 was... Who was Scream 4? It was her it cousin. Was it was Sydney's cousin. cousin, which we didn't know until yeah. that movie. Scream 5 was... Scream 5 was... Oh, it was some boyfriend. And... It, well, it was Jack Quaid. Yeah. And the, two of them, the, the crazy girl. Oh, yeah, the cra- they, they, were, they were like... So again, Scream 6... Again, it... Like Hayden Panettiere is back. It could be her, but that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. I forgot she even lived from the fourth movie. Well, I didn't well think it she was did. it was not here's here's when it was confirmed. It wasn't confirmed until it was a drop line in the fifth movie. That's it was right. The drop yeah. line in the fifth movie. Right? Yeah. I, I did read that. Um, yeah. And actually, if you if you go back, and I never would have caught it, but there was do you watch a do you watch a show called um Dead Meat? It's a it's a on mm-hmm. YouTube. You would love it, dude. It's it's called Dead Meat. And what he does is he goes through your favorite horror movies and he recounts all the kills and he shows you all the kills and he counts them up. It's amazing. Hmm. But so this guy, him and his uh, girlfriend, or I think wife, they made a cameo in Scream 5. And if you look on like that screen, one of the suggested videos is a video of whatever Hayden Panettiere's character. What's her name? Um, Kirby. Um, Kirby. It's it, it says Kirby, whatever her name is, survivor of Woodsboro. Matt. So like they confirmed it yeah. there as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And again, they didn't point it out. Scream 4, I really enjoyed because I thought the franchise was gone, right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that was what, 11 years afterwards? And it was... It was new and it was fresh and they brought back some characters scream five i enjoyed because they did they took a chance they killed dewey spoiler alert they killed dewey and they killed him really brutally yeah which was good like they they needed to do something that was that was the that was my whole beef is that these movies weren't taking chances they were introducing new characters the new characters were ended up being the killers but nobody that we knew or loved was either dying or guilty of anything and it was like fuck it it's boring like i already know who's gonna right. live and who's gonna die and i don't care yeah but and yeah so, i agree that was that was a step in the right direction which is why i have to think that courtney cox is gonna bite it in this one yeah so i mean that that leaves you with i think the the legacy characters that you have at this point you got courtney cox you got hayden pantieri who else do you got i mean i suppose if you're going to consider the jenna ortega class like the, that were introduced in the last movie i suppose they're legacy characters at this point Everybody else from the originals are dead. The only one that we haven't brought back is Stu, 
Yeah. I'm, if he's alive, I would have liked to have seen him in the last movie, quite frankly, but we didn't get him. So it wouldn't I, surprise I me if they did bring him back, to be honest, just because he's the only one left, right? He's the only one. Well, because it's such a, a big fan fiction, you yeah. know, thing that's going around the internet is for, you know, people who really love the Scream series. It's like, well, we never saw Stewie die. And and they've interviewed Matthew Lillard before. And he said, well, I, you know, I don't know if they had, if they wanted me back, I'd come yeah. back, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure they would do that. So I have to think that at some point someone's going to say, look, we are out of gas on this tank of, get, right. uh, you know, for Scream. Let's, let's just throw a fucking Hail Mary. Let's, let's pull him back. Let's have Sydney come back. Like, let's give her whatever she wanted. I don't know why Nev Campbell didn't appear in this movie, if it was a financial thing or if it was just like, hey, I'm done. But I guarantee they could talk her into one more movie where she either fucking dies or just kills everybody or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that there's just it's it's tough when they keep recycling the bad guys. I think that's that's a challenge that. I haven't been able to overcome yet. And, and again, I, I like it. I mean, it's fine. It, there's nothing offensive about it, but it's like, uh, we're just kind of going through these motions over and over and it's not taking enough chances for me to be engaged. Sure. The, the, the last thought that I'll leave you with for scream screen kind of remind if they continue with this new cast, right. The Jenna Ortega, you know, that, that group, this franchise kind of reminds me of Fast and the Furious a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little that, nervous about that too. Well, I, I am too, but but in that, like the Fast and the Furious to me is two different franchises, right? You get the first three or four where it was Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, kind of the the gang, the the family dynamic, right? And then they expand to the like Jason Statham, The Rock, like that, that it's, it's just a different franchise. John Cena, Charlize Theron. Right. Yeah. 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 And again, it's, and it's not bad, but it's just drastically like, if you go back and you watch those first two movies and then you watch the last three, it's like, you wouldn't even think they're in the same universe. Yeah. With the exception of Dominic Toretto. Right. Sure. So, yeah. And I guess, and I guess what we don't have in scream is Sydney anymore. So, I don't or know. or for this movie at least, I fully right. believe she'll be back. If they make a Scream Seven, so? she will absolutely be back. You think yeah. so? Okay, absolutely. Well, I I saw a tweet or something today that Scream Seven Scream Seven is already greenlit. So doesn't surprise me. We'll see, yeah, we'll see what we'll happens. See. What else you got? Anything else? We, we've been bullshitting here for an hour and I don't know an hour and a half. Well, we've talked we've talked about uh, movies. TV and wrestling. And I think music's the only thing we haven't touched on. And and one little plug I wanted to throw out there, and I'm not sure if you heard this and you won't be as excited as I will probably, but they announced for record store day. So there's record store day is a, a, a day that they have twice a year where artists will ship limited edition copies of something, you know, to record stores that have to be bought in person at the store. You can't order them online any of that stuff. So like they'll send like 5,000 copies out of a, of a, you know, a version of, uh, of a new album that's never been released or a live album that's never been released or uh, a remastered version of another album with, uh, with like a, a color variant, you know, like, cause records can come in different colors and not all just black anymore. And for the first time, we finally, finally got confirmation that 
Van Halen is releasing the Sammy Hagar era on vinyl in a remastered wow. fashion. And the wow. and weirdly enough, and I I don't fucking know why, the first one that they're putting out is the live right here, right out, right now album. Really? Yes. Wow. That is the first one that's hitting vinyl, and it's hitting vinyl on record store day. Now that that album will most certainly be available for purchase online and on the internet everywhere else. But the thing that makes it special is that there is a color variant. The, the actual vinyl records themselves will be red. So that's cool. And, and that album has never been released on vinyl because obviously that came out in the early nineties when vinyl as a format was all but dead. And yeah, for whatever reason, this is the first one that they're putting out there. And what makes it kind of cool is that they're putting the two B sides from the singles, the live version of Eagles Fly and the live oh, version of Give to Live. Uh, well, no, Give to Live was on the original album, if you remember. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. The yeah. other one was a song called "This Dream Is The Dream Is Over" off of uh, Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge. Yeah, those are both being added on to this album as part wow. of the package. Uh, it's expensive. It's kind of ridiculously expensive for what it is, but it's four LPs, so it's it, it's about a hundred bucks, which is kind of crazy, but. It's uh, I'm really excited about it. And I'm just more so excited by the fact that this means it's the Sammy Hagar era Van Halen records are finally getting remastered, which is long, long, long overdue. I don't think they're getting remixed, which I would really like to see. But if they're at least getting remastered and getting released on vinyl again, I think that's a great step forward. So I'm completely ignorant when we start talking music. What's the difference between remastering and remixing? So remastering is, is hard to explain, but it's basically when they when they take the completed uh, like the tapes or whatever, and they just they enhance the sound quality to, to make it cleaner and louder and, and, and make it pop a little bit more. Remixing is a totally different process. That's when they go back to the original mix of the album. You know, when an, when an album is recorded and, and most people, I think, know this. You know, they put drums on one track, they put bass on a, another track, they put all the individual instruments on different tracks. And then the guy behind the mixing board or the producer, or the mixer, whatever, like he adjusts all the levels so you can hear different things at different levels. So when you remix an album, that might be going back to the masters and saying, well, I want to hear more bass. Like I want to hear the same exact song, but I want to hear more bass. I want to hear the the bass was was dropped out of the mix. and And that's actually a a very common criticism of OU812 as far as the the tape and the CD and all that is that you can't hardly hear Michael Anthony on that album at all from a bass playing perspective. Like the low end is virtually not even there. So sometimes they will remix an album and they'll take that and they'll bump up that bass or they'll make the guitar louder or maybe they'll take the vocals and, and shrink them back a little bit because they were too overwhelming in the, in the original mix they got you know put out many years ago. So that's kind of the difference between remastering and remixing. And remixing is a lot more involved. My guess is that they're not going to do that with this series of records. Maybe they'll do it at some point, but they are going to remaster them. They're going to sound great when you hear them again. And I'm just, I'm really excited because they haven't been touched since. So like Dave's albums have been remastered and re-released multiple times in the last 20 years, probably the only time that any of Sammy's songs have gotten touched is the greatest hits album that came out in like 2004 before they got back together with him and did a one-off tour. Yep. They, the songs that got 
the Sammy songs that got put on that greatest hits album got remastered, but that's it. They never released a remastered version of 5150, OU812, Fuck, or Balance. And so it sounds like they're finally getting ready to go back and do that, which we were all sort of assuming that it would be Wolfgang that would have to go back and do that. And he would be in charge of those remasters. I don't know if that's what's happening right now. Rhino records is putting out these remasters. And I think Rhino has some sort of relationship with Warner brothers. So it's, it's on the, it's, it's legit. You know, it's not like a, a knockoff or anything like that, but I'm just happy that they're finally coming out being a vinyl collector these days. I, I can't wait to hear what these records sound like on vinyl and maybe just maybe they'll add something to the original albums sure. you know maybe a track that we haven't heard or a live version of something that's never been released you know extra material sure. that's that's exciting so so how do you as an audiophile so you've got your love for music where you clearly are passionate about listening to records on vinyl how do you in your mind deal with I want the convenience of Spotify versus the experience of listening on to something on vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like in your, how, like, how does that work? What in your, in your, cause again, to me, like I haven't bought, I haven't bought a physical piece of media music in probably 10 years. Yeah. Like the, what, 15 yeah, I, I can tell you what album it was. It was Passenger. It was all the all the little things by Passenger. It was the last uh-huh. CD I bought. But like literally everything that I listen to is just either on Spotify or or iTunes Music. We have you know a family for for Apple Music. Like so, like as an example, this stuff, all this vinyl stuff. Can you hear the difference of a vinyl recording when you're listening to it digitally, or do you have to play it on a turntable? to get the true experience of listening to it on vinyl? Hmm. That's a great question. And and one that I don't know that I could answer very well because I don't consider myself an audiophile. The reason that I have a record player is because I like to, I'm a collector. Like I like to collect things and much like you, because I know you've got a collection of, of, you know, certain toys and, and posters and autographs and things like that the thing that I like to collect is, is music. And, and specifically these days it's vinyl. And the, the reason that I do that and the albums that I specifically target are ones that either a, I love the album front to back because when you put a record on, you're pretty much committing to listening to the record and being an old school music fan. That's a very romantic concept to me. I don't like the idea of hitting play on a song and then skipping it right away and then moving to a different artist in three seconds. Like I like the experience of listening to a complete work of art from, from beginning to end. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is that I like to, I just like to support the artists by buying the physical media because the art bands like um, this group called the midnight that I listened to, that I, I feel like I've talked to you about there. Uh, they, they play kind of like a poppy synthesizer music and it, it it's very sort of throwback to the eighties and stuff. And I love it. And I want those guys to get my money. I, you know, I want them to get it directly. So I will buy their vinyl off their online store and have them ship it to me. 
And I feel better at the end of the day because I've given them my money for that versus just streaming it. So the streaming thing is definitely a convenience when I'm in the car and I want to listen to that same kind of music. But like when I want to sit down and I really want to absorb it and I want to, you know, hang out with my kids and, and give them the experience of of unfolding a cardboard sleeve and and looking at liner notes and seeing pictures and uh, helping them understand that when an album was created when I was a kid, there's much more than just what you hear. It is an entire yeah. experience. It's the sights, it's the smell, it's all of it put together. And it's it's sort of the romanticism of all of that that I really enjoy. So no, I'm not an audiophile. Yes, you can hear audio differences, but it it depends on what you're buying because some albums are made for vinyl, so albums that were created 30, 40 years ago, but like the newer ones really weren't. So it's it's not quite the same, but it, it does it does sound a little different. But that's not the reason that I listen to it. I just okay. like the experience of putting on music and committing to it. So I, I'm intrigued now. Let's take commuting out of the equation from, you know, you're in your car. Let's let's take that out of the equation. Are you listening to are you sitting down and actively like putting on an album and saying, okay, I'm going to listen to this album. Or are you kind of passively listening where you put an album on and you're doing other things and you're going about your life? Like, what is, what does that look like? And again, I, obviously it's not always the same, but like, yeah. what, what does that look like to you though? Well, to be honest, it's both. Yeah. I, I sit down it it depends on the situation and the album and the mood and all that stuff. Sometimes I'll be playing a, a board game with my kids in the office and that's where my record player is. And I'll, I'll let them choose a record. Like, what do you want to listen to? And so it, it becomes sort of a family experience and, and they get right. more invested in it because they had a say in it. But sometimes when I buy a record and I, you know, most of the time, again, I buy records that I've already heard. I don't typically right. buy brand new ones. Sometimes I do that midnight group that I was just talking to you about. Uh, every time they put something out, I'll just buy it sight unseen because I just really love those guys. But most of the time I'm buying older records to listen to. And sometimes when time permits, and it's not always, I will take the opportunity to just sit down and listen to the music. And to me, it's, you, you know, dedicate myself to the music. I'm not doing anything else. I'm sitting there. I've got the liner notes in front of me. I've got the sleeve in front of me. And I'm I'm just trying to absorb it. And to me, it's about as close to a spiritual experience as I get because it takes me back and it, it sort of puts me in the shoes of a kid who was listening to that stuff the same exact way, you know, 30, 40 years ago or 50 years ago, whatever it might be. And I just feel like that's the way that music is meant to be listened to. And I don't have any problem with, with digital music. I listen to Spotify at work all day long. But when I really want to absorb myself and try to understand, you know, the lyrics and, and the messaging and the production and all of that stuff, that's when I, I try to retreat to my record player when it really forces me to not be distracted by anything else and, and not have the ability to skip. But to even listen to the bad songs or the songs that I don't like as much because they're all part of a bigger story. It's interesting to me because as much as I really really enjoy music i don't enjoy it on the same level that you do and that bums me out right it, it bums me out because it what it does is it shows me that i got too much going on in my life you know what i mean like <laughs> like 
you know what I mean? Like seriously, like there's always a phone or there's a this or there's a that or the, you know, like it's, yeah. I can't tell you the last time that I sat down and I listened, like literally just listened to an album, like nothing else, no phone, no screen, yeah. nothing else going on. No, just, I, I can't, t- I mean, it was probably in college. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, yeah. And it was probably thick as a brick by Jethro Tull, which I know you laugh at me, but I still to this day is one of my top <laughs> is one of my top five albums. I just I love that album. It's yeah. a forty three minute just you know masterpiece in my mind. But th- th- no, that's that's interesting to me that like I'm I'm fascinated by uh, I I've been think I've been think I don't know if I'm going through a midlife crisis, but I've been thinking a lot about like how I experience things, uh, how I read how I listen to things, like how hmm. I consume. I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the phone. Right. Yeah. And becoming more and more in tune to like, I want to, I want to pick up a book and sit down and read a book. Yeah. I, I want, you know what I mean? Like I want, yeah. I want to sit down and watch a movie, not an episodic tell, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's too much. It's like some, it's it, just it oversaturation. And, and that's why a record yeah. to me is, is perfect because I don't yeah. need a phone. I don't need anything. I just sit down and I hit play and I, I, I let it tell me where it's going to take me. Yeah. And, you know, it, I admittedly, I don't do that all the time. It's not like I do that six right. times yeah, yeah, a week or yeah. anything. It's, it's a, when time permits thing and, and time is a, a precious commodity as we get older, but it's, I, I tell you, man, if you really love the music the way that you say you do, it's worth the time. It's worth taking the yeah. time that you have and just saying, you know what? I need I need 45 minutes so I can listen to some Jethro Tull because that's what I want to do. And I, I really honestly think if you can if you can find a way to do that, you will you will hear it in a different way, like not necessarily yeah. different instruments or, or, you know, anything like that. But like it just it just hits you differently because I know, I mean, you were a big fan of that in college and yeah. I'd be interested to hear how something like that resonates with you today because it's, yeah. a, it's your different set of ears. You're using oh, I'm a, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a different person. Exactly. You know, I'm like, I legitimately, I'm a different person. I mean, than, than I was, God, what is that? 1994. Graduated That's 98. Almost. Yeah, it's almost 30. It's yeah, 25 it's 30 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave you with this. How do I, as somebody who is a, and we could talk about this off the podcast too, but like, wh- where do I go as a, as a 40 something year old guy who's way too busy with life? Where do I go to find new music? And the reason, and, and before you answer, I still listen to the same shit today that I listened to. Yeah. 25 years ago like if you could go through my spotify and my playlist and my apple itunes and whatever it's still all it's live it's van halen it's stone temple pilots it's it's pink floyd it's james taylor it's indigo like it's the same shit that i've been listening to for sure. 30 years and don't yeah. get me wrong i clearly i love that music and again i'm asking out of pure ignorance how do i find something new to listen to that's a tough question because I've had the same challenge and I don't, you know, I have a satellite radio like I know you do. And I've, I rarely, I rarely make it to 
the stations that would play something like that. I don't even know what those are because I listen to yeah. Hair Nation and I listen to Tom right. Radio and I listen to all things that I know pretty much every song they're going to play when they play it. For me personally, the places where I discover new music, and when I say new music, I don't necessarily mean music that was created recently. I mean, maybe in some cases, music that was created decades ago that I just never heard before. Yeah, I, I get it from from TV. I get it from movies. I get it from the shows that I watch on like Netflix and HBO and, and whatever. And and sometimes I'll hear something. I'm like, what is that? You know, like that's something it's fresh to me. It's new to me. And, and then I'll look into it. And it's sort of it's it's interesting because then my brain sort of pins it to the memory of that show. And so it's still kind of new, even though it's old, if that makes any sense at all. So, I mean, my recommendation to you is, is you know, like, I don't think there's a radio station that's going to be your answer, because if I turn on a radio station that's playing new music, maybe one or two of those songs would be cool and I'd want to listen to it more. But like 90% of it would be shit to me. Like, I just, I wouldn't, yeah. it's not my thing. It's not my my vibe. So I would say just be hyper aware of, you know, some of the the television or some of the streaming shows and some of the movies that you're watching. And if you hear something, you know, take note, you know, figure out what that song is and figure out if it leads you to something even more interesting down the road. That's how I find it these days. Or oh, I okay, mean, occasionally no, I, someone will recommend something, but for the most part, that's that's how I stumble on shit. No, that's that. I, no, I appreciate that. That's good advice. I, I will say I've I've had some relatively decent luck with like creating a channel on Spotify or or Apple Music. Or, you know, like pick a song that I like, and then you know you can click the you know create channel button. Yeah, I I ran across a. Um, I was at a neighbor's house, I don't know, probably six months ago. And he's a huge Pearl Jam fan. Mm-hmm. And so I think he we were listening to like the Eddie Vedder channel. And that led me to two or three songs that I, to your point, I had never heard before that were probably 20 years old. But they were Vedder tunes that I was just like, oh my God, like that's an amazing song. Yeah. And I think this this one, the one that I really, really enjoyed was from a movie. Um, Again, that was like 18 years old or whatever. Yeah. But um I think that it, if you're if you're interested in that kind of stuff, my understanding, and it's been a while, is that Pandora is a much has a much better algorithm for that kind of thing. Like Spotify for me okay. is real hit and miss because, yeah, Spotify Radio. If I if I say I want to hear songs by Journey, it'll play "Don't Stop Believing" and it'll play "Pour Some Sugar on Me" and it'll play uh, "Doctor Feel Good." You stuff know, like, you already like. Stuff I already it knows that I already like, but it's like a list shit. So like, if I'm, if I want to listen to song, if I want to listen to journey, I'll go listen to journey. But if I want to listen to songs that are like journey, I sort of hope that they'll play more obscure shit that I don't know, even if it's journey and it's obscure, or if it's a band that sounds like them that I don't know. I don't think Spotify is quite there with how they program that, you know, with their radio stations, but Pandora, from what I understand is much more in tune and much smarter about that. And yeah, that's another service and another subscription and all that stuff. But I think that it's going to lead you down a path that will probably open your uh, perspective to a lot of what you're looking for. If that makes sense. It does. And, and on that note, this has been a really fun episode of the podcast, my friend. That's awesome. I loved it. I guess in, to wrap everything up, I really enjoy these like kind of shoot the shit episodes. These are great. Um, that's not to say that we're not going to do the deep dive stuff. We can oh, we certainly are. do that. 
I have a feeling we probably got some wrestling come up in the future here oh, with yeah. WrestleMania and those kind of things. Yep. But uh, but I'm really enjoying this too. So I, I, I appreciate you jumping on with me. It's, and I, believe me, I just love shooting the shit with you too. So. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the week, man. Right. All right. Uh, that being said, that's Mr. Pip. I'm Chewy. And this has been the 411 from 406. We'll talk to you soon. Adios. Bye.